going on, guys? Welcome to Creeps in the Crypt. As always, this is Eric, and I am joined by... Christian. And Sam. So, let's start the show out with reviews. We have a new one? We have one new review. Uh, we love y'all. Keep up the awesomeness. Your pals over at Shook, which is a, another podcast, I highly recommend. They are phenomenal. Uh, so if you're looking for something else to inundate yourself with, with spookiness and overall just podcast in general, check out Shook. They're great. We love spooky. Yeah. I really like their, uh, their video format. Mm-hmm. I would love to do that, but unfortunately, we're we do live recording, so we're all three in the same room, and I can't afford those cameras, not until we start getting some ad revenue. But with uh, with that being said, let's let's move on to some some crypt keeping stuff. If you want your reviews read at the top of the show, please leave us a review on Apple Podcast, and we will read your review at the top of every episode. Mm-hmm. So, if you like what we're doing, if you love what we're doing, or if you hate what we're doing, let us know. I'll fucking read it. I don't care. I don't care. I'll read if you hate it, love it, like it, whatever. Uh, just leave us a review. It really helps out. Are you going to bring up the uh, new employee? The yes. Now, on to our second topic of business today. We have a new employee here at Creeps in the Crypt podcast. She's an intern. She's not she, paid. She's not. She's unpaid. Untested. Uh, her name. Her, Sam. Sam's dying right now. Her name is Lucy. Lucy Purr. Lucy Purr. And uh, Christian, why don't why don't you tell us how uh, you hired Lucy Purr onto the podcast? Well, she was a uh, tramp that was on the side of the road. Basically. <laughs> in the middle of the road. Child, she was in the middle prostitute. of the road. Um, I'm a sucker for a kitty in distress. And I felt like that Eric needed some pussy right before his birthday. That's not what I, I meant <laughs> when I asked for that. It's like, I'm going to get some birthday pussy this year. And you were like, yeah. And then you show up with the fucking kitten. Yep. Lucy is a great addition to our home and our family. And we love her. And she is awesome. She's so cute. And Sam is smitten for that kitten right now. I am smitten kitten. Oh, my gosh. She felt, I mean. And I was very, very, like, thoughtful and how I made sure that she had solidified her place. Yeah, she Christian went to work while I stayed at home with the cat on my day off. Made so sure. it was pretty much a done deal at that point. I made sure that she had her place solidified. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. So she, she is, is our new intern. Yep, she's not. Intern Lucy. Yep, intern Lucy. And so. we will be posting pictures on the social media, on the Instagram. She is not in her normal realm of kitty cats to get. Nope. And I'm kind of okay with it. I'm living for it. I'm here for it. She has a background, a very, very scary background. So I feel like she fits the mold. Yeah, she was almost a road waffle. No, she was. Christian saved her from being run over. So there you go. Yeah. 
So if you're ever in traffic playing, unless you're a cat, I will not save you. But yep. if you're a kitty cat, I Same. got you. That, if you're a kitty fair. cat, I got you. That's fair. So. Is that all of your crib keeping? You got anything else? I just pray to God you don't dress those cats up for Halloween. I have so many ideas. Sam, come on this journey with me. Oh, she's strapped in. She's buckled in. She's, she's buckled ready to in. Go. I'm not. I am unbuckling and getting out of this vehicle right Sir, now. please keep your hands and your feet inside the ride no, at all times. I want the fuck out of here. Too bad. Okay. Me and so Salem. already started. Me and Salem want the fuck out of this. So right I want to dress up. The, I have I have themes. God damn it. So I'll go through them really, really quickly because they could go out if and they go into chaos eventually. Yeah. I feel so, like she could spiral very easily doing this. Salem, I would have dressed as a vampire with a broken tooth because he has a broken tooth because he's our stray kitty. And then I would have... Put a pin in that because yeah. <laughs> after you're done talking about this, I want to talk about something else with involving Salem and his teeth. Uh, then I would have Lucy dressed as the like little gremlin familiar... Of some sort. I feel like if you're gonna do it, you should dress Lucy as a fortune teller. And she would be great like with a swami teller. hat. And <gasps> Stop it! A little daddy swami hat. I could give her some of her own little tarot cards, and she would just bap bap bap, and be like, "Tell you your fortune." <laughs> yeah. Well, I've just done fucked myself. Yep. You <laughs> sure did. So yeah. looks like your luck is bad. Five dollars, please. That's that's right there. That's money making five, for you. Five frisky treats. Please. Yeah, five frisky treats. Um, so with that being said about Salem and his broken tooth, uh, he went to the vet today because he was not feeling great. And if we have any vet techs or veterinarians that listen to the show, please reach out to us because I would like a second opinion. Um, Salem has a gum issue and they're saying to they want to extract all of his teeth out of his head he's maybe two years old i don't want my kid my kitty to be a like zombie cat well i don't need him all slack jawed running around the house like he can't make good podcast content if he's all fucking gummed up with nowhere to go you know what i'm saying like <laughs> why would we do that to him i i don't want to extract any of his teeth like maybe if that the, one if the broken fang is an issue and it's infected or it's down to the root and it needs to be pulled fine but when the vet came to me and they're like yeah we recommend you extract all of his teeth how is he gonna I, eat yeah um like how if he got out how could he like hunt food he can't he can't he can't he can't so a second opinion would be nice. Like he's not declawed or anything. He could still like grab stuff, but what's he going to do? Like suck the blood like a chupacabra through it. Like what the fuck? Salem is our resident hard, hard life kitty that has lots of issues. And then Lucy is our, I will thrive in any kind of environment. She's the no limit soldier. She yeah. is our no limit soldier. She will She's literally be do anything. Curtains and fucking. Oh no my time. god! I, 
I'm not ready for it. I'm going to go ahead and say goodbye to my curtains. I'm so, I'm, I'm very, very, I'm going to just sit there and admire him. And Eric's going to be like walking into the room and be like, what are you doing, baby? I'm like, I'm looking at the no holes that are in my curtains right now because I'm waiting for this one right here to spider monkey up the curtains and yeah, mm-hmm, and pull them on herself. Mm. It, it's going to be a struggle. And then she's going to be surprised. She'll be like, what the fuck happened? It was faulty install. It's you guys' fault. Absolutely. Yeah, it can I never just, be her fault. I just plan on her diving from the tops of the curtains like a it's gonna be like a WWE <laughs> match on the Salem. <laughs> it's gonna be bad. But anyway, guys, we're not here to talk about cats for forty minutes. No. We're here to bring you a vampire story for this month, cause it's fucking Vamptober. So yes. This week, we're going across the pond to bring you the story of the Highgate vampire that engulfed London in the 1970s. Sam, without further ado, let's get started with the Highgate vampire. Highgate Cemetery is one of the magnificent seven burial grounds in London. It boasts over 150,000 eternal residents, including one alleged vampire highgate cemetery was a far more neglected place than it is now once one of london's most fashionable burial grounds the graveyard was by the 1960s overgrown and neglected what yeah keep it nice this place had all the tropes of a hammer horror film in fact i believe one uh, maybe one or two hammer horror films were like shot in highgate really is is like settings i believe dracula ad uh was inspired actually by highgate but this is the ult- the penultimate setting for a gothic vampire horror film i'm here for it Graffiti was scrawled across the headstones. Vandals had pulled doors off of vaults. Cracks and holes in tombs offered glimpses of coffins, and in some cases, bodies. There were mutterings about pagan sex parties taking place in the dark of the night. The sprawling graveyard and nature reserve found itself at the center of a media craze in the late 1960s and early 1970s. Reports centered on a tall, dark figure who exuded evil and could transfix humans and animals alike. Now, while the story of the Highgate vampire that stalked the grounds of the Highgate Cemetery is important, this is also the story of two opposing vampire hunters by the names of David Ferrant and Sean Manchester. These two guys are the antithesis of arch enemies. David Ferrant, who unfortunately passed in 2019, was a Wiccan high priest and the founder of the British Psychic and Occult Society, which he is the lifetime president of. Shout out. Yeah, he'll never be replaced. Never. 
Sean Manchester, both a self-proclaimed exorcist and vampire hunter and bishop of the mysterious Old Catholic Church, which is in no way connected to the Roman Catholic Church. It's like a conservative sect of it. It's like being a Catholic bishop without molesting little boys. Got How it. is that even a thing? I know. It's like they go hand in hand. I feel like... I'm sorry. Basically, Sean Manchester cosplayed and yes-anded his way through this entire or fucking deal. Uh, for you, you people that go to Comic-Con, I would love to go, but I can't. Sean Manchester is like the king of 1970s. He, It's like he bought the bishop costume at fucking Spirit Halloween. Oh, and just no. walked around in it at all times. Oh my god. That that is the level of like dedication Sean Manchester had. He bought like the fucking priest costume and wore it every day. It's his everyday clothes. No. Swear to God. Like hand to God, he did like TV interviews and this shit, which we'll get into later in this story. But he also says he's related to Lord Byron in a like through some fucking means. Like Lord Byron, I guess, had a daughter whose name was Lucy, and uh, Sean Manchester had like a great aunt whose name was Lucy or some shit. I don't fucking know, but interesting. Sean Manchester also established the British Occult Society. Not to be confused with David Ferentz society. No, they're just like... Yeah, very different. Very fucking different. In the years that followed, these two men went to war over the narrative of the Highgate vampire. Each released a book of their own accounts. Sean Manchester published The Highgate Vampire, The Infernal World of the Unearthed at London's Highgate Cemetery and Environs. Then David Ferrant posted Beyond the Highgate Vampire. So Sean Manchester's book came out in like 85. Mm-hmm. And um, Ferrant's book came out in 81. So it was like a big fuck you yeah. to Sean Manchester, which I find hilarious. Like these dudes are just in an eternal pissing contest until David Ferrant passed away, unfortunately. But... They they fucking hated each other. That's so crazy. Now, if you want to read Sean Manchester's book, if you like a in-your-face vampire story, check out Sean Chan- Manchester's book. If you're more into a book about the paranormal and how ley lines affect the paranormal... Check out David Ferrant's book. They're both great reads. Uh, I highly recommend them both. They're a little expensive on Amazon, but I highly recommend them. Like, how expensive are we talking? Like $100 a book. Holy shit! I mean, look. Is this society, like, getting residuals? No, it's not in print anymore. Oh, so they have to print it? Well, it's like when I bought the uh, Oklahoma Girl Scout Murder books, or the one book, Someone Cry for the Children. That book cost me $180. I paid $180 for that fucking book. I have it sitting next to me right here. But yeah, I paid $180 for that book. Holy shit. Yeah. Books be expensive, dog. 
Especially occult books. Yeah, well, anything not in print is... Once it's out of print, it gets expensive. So they just have to, like, print you a copy? No, I had to buy it from a book collector. Yeah, because you can't just go to Books A Million and buy the fucking thing. You have to, like... Scour the internet to find somebody that actually has the book. Yeah, that book was from, like, the original printing. That case was horrific. Yeah. I don't ever want to do that again. No, uh, we learned a lesson with, with doing that. It's one of our best episodes we ever put out, though. Truth be told, in my opinion. It better be. It was it was rough to get through. Sam, yes, it was. Sam had to have many bourbons to get through that. Yes, I did. In March of 1969, the British Psychic and Occult Society began receiving reports of a tall black apparition stalking the tombs of London's Highgate Cemetery. David Ferrant claimed that he spoke to two people. An old lady had been walking down Swain's Lane, which was a road running through the graveyard, when she saw a tall, dark figure with glaring eyes that seemed to be floating towards her. She felt the air turn icy cold. Another story says an accountant had gotten lost in the, in the vast cemetery. A bell started to clang, and he walked towards the sound, hoping it might guide him out of the necropolis. Instead, as the bell tolled, he became aware of something behind him and noticed the temperature plummeting. He turned around to see a tall, dark figure that stared at him intensely before it vanished. Intrigued, David decided to investigate by spending a night in the graveyard. He said, quote, At first, I suspected it might just be an animal or someone dressed up. But around midnight, I caught sight of a figure about seven feet tall that appeared to be floating just above the ground. I saw its face and two points of intense red light. The area turned icy cold as if I had stepped into a refrigerator. The figure seemed to be draining me of energy and I felt I was losing control of my normal faculties. It felt like a vivid dream, like I wanted to wake up but couldn't. Realizing I was under intense psychic attack, I repeated mentally a Kabbalistic incantation to repel evil forces. It disappeared, but I decided the reports were true. So, basically what Sam just read here was um, from David Ferrant's book about the uh, British Paranormal and Occult Society started investigating strange phenomenon at Highgate. So, the first two quips were sightings that were reported to them in 1969. Uh, somehow that got edited out of the notes. I don't know how, but uh, David Ferrant decided to go and investigate. And when he went, the spirit actually like attacked him and he was under psychic attack is what he says. So he saw this thing. This, this black shadowy figure, it was about seven or eight feet tall. It was as tall as the, the gates of Highgate. Mm -hmm. So that's where we're at with that. Now, according to Sean Manchester, these sightings grabbed his attention to the strange phenomenon at Highgate. 
1967, a young couple walking in the same spot as Bourne saw a figure with an, quote, unpleasant face standing by the gate staring at them. I was picturing, like, Nosferatu or, like, Satan's wife. That's what wife. I'm thinking. Okay, cool, because I'm, I'm glad I'm not, I'm not the no, same. No, I was with Nosferatu. The figure slowly disappeared. The man, Thomas O'Laughlin, was so fascinated by what he saw that he returned to the cemetery with a friend the following night. Thomas and his friend went inside Highgate Cemetery. They said that they heard an odd booming noise and a shadowy figure passed in front of them. The two fled the cemetery and never went back. The same year, two teenage girls were walking home along Swains Lake and claimed to have seen the dead rising from their graves by the north gate. It's fucking metal. It's like metal as fuck. Another teenager reported that they'd been woken up one night with, quote, something cold clinging onto their hand that had left marks the next morning. There were prominent reports of a tall man in a hat walking in the area before, quote, melting through the cemetery's walls. Dude, Sean Manchester's book reads like a Dracula, Bram Stoker style fan fiction. Like, the, but realistically, which would re- you two ladies r- rather read? The Bram Stoker Dracula knockoff? Or a book about ghosts and ley lines? Ghosts and ley lines. Yeah. Really? So you don't think the more entertaining read would be no. about a Dracula? No. I knew I liked you too. I would rather know where it's coming from. Mm-hmm. David Ferentz shit. Sean Manchester is a... He is on... Whiny bitch. Not just that. He's a whiny bitch. He's gonna post so many fucking hate I comments on this. I don't care. Come but, to me, uh, dude. He's still alive. But... I, that's fine. And he has Come. a reputation of shitting on people. All right, well, him. come and shit on me. Don't invite him. Like oh that. no, I'm inviting you. If you invite him, they let him. You can. They can just come he's in. He's not a goddamn vampire. He's a fucking idiot. Yeah, that, Who thinks he saw something? Oh he no, is he, a fucking tailcoat rider. He says, "Let me ride on David's tailcales. Let me ride. Yes, let me ride on your coattails." Oh Please no, 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 take no. me to the cemetery. No, it gets oh, far beyond that. Charge. It goes far beyond that. No, that's that. what it feels like. <laughs> Onward. Onward. It's like David Post, he saw something. Uh, I think he's a fucking idiot. I read it. I read. Besides, well, the thing with Sean Manchester is Don't he's like fucking Mike Warkey from the uh, Satanic Please? Panic from like the 80s and the 70s and 80s where it's like. Satan's coming and tainting your children and shit. And Please it's just, do not get me started on the Sean Manson shirt. So, I have so many thoughts and opinions. Oh, with it's him. gonna get so worse. I no, I have so many thoughts and opinions about him. Now, I feel like that he's a piece of shit and that just rode on coattails of something that he well, thought was gonna be popular. How dare and you? He somehow decided that he is the only one who can make decisions on a vampire. He slayed the vampire, but oh, we'll get bullshit. to that in a minute. He slayed the vampire. 
I feel like this is like a Ben Franklin almanac. It this is all the trappings. Oh my god. Uh, this is the same shit. It, this is 20 cent, 20th century version of Titan Leeds versus Ben Franklin from the Jersey Devil story. That's all this is. It's pamphlet fights and bullshit. And I love it. I live for it. They didn't have Facebook back then, so they couldn't trash Watching talk to each other. Watching these two dudes just shit on each other publicly is the funniest thing to me. I, I just don't. I can't even. Sean Manchester went to Highgate during the day to investigate. In the western section, he noticed a path leading from an unused northern gate to a large mausoleum or columbarium. He contacted Thomas O'Laughlin to go back to the cemetery at night with him. Thomas refused and told him about what he and his friend had experienced. He said, fuck that shit. I ain't going back. I, yeah. I don't like him. In the summer of 1969, Sean crossed paths with Elizabeth. I'm not even going to try to say that last name. Just go for it. Just go for it. We're going to call Elizabeth W. Yep. Uh, One of two teenage girls who said they saw the dead rising from their graves back in 1967. After Elizabeth had her experience, she began to have nightmares. She dreamed that an entity with a cadaverous appearance and malevolence presence tried to break into her bedroom. Elizabeth is described as very pale and cadaverous herself. She told Sean Manchester about her nightmares. Elizabeth also began sleepwalking and experienced dizziness, nausea, and headaches. Sean Manchester concluded that Elizabeth's experience was, in fact, a vampire attack. Sean gave Elizabeth a silver cross to wear and hung a crucifix and garlic in her bedroom. He added a linen necklace filled with salt, sprinkled holy water, and said prayers with Keith. According to Sean Manchester, Elizabeth then regained her health. Elizabeth's strange ordeal may have been over, but the paranormal activity reportedly continued in and around Highgate Cemetery. What I want to know is where David Bowie was at this time. Was he like working on a new concept album or... Or what was going on? Was he just like stalking the grounds of Highgate Vampire? Oh my, I had no idea where you were going with it. I was like, what the fuck? David Bowie? Yeah. You know. He was working on a new Ziggy con- Stardust. He was working on a new concept album. The Thin White Duke. He never oh got to God. release it. We'll hear it in like 10 years when they remaster it, Eric. I'm, I'm so mad you didn't get that, Sam. I'm so fucking I was there with you, Eric. At least somebody got it. I was there with you. I feel vindicated in that, at least. Well, at least there's that. Mm. Sean Manchester received another report of vampiric activity connected to Highgate Cemetery. A woman who Sean calls Louisa said she felt that... Lucia. The eye's in the wrong place then. I don't know then. (laughs) I'm taking this from what Sean Manchester fucking said in an interview. Well, if it's Luisa, then, I mean, Lucia, then the I should be after the S. You know, like Sia. I don't know, man. Phonetically sound, Sean Manchester. 
he's an idiot. I don't know. I mean, oh, so he's a fibber, to, he's a liar, and he can't read. Maybe spell. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I well, don't know. The the notes say Louisa. Should, go with it. I would go with it. Sure. I mean, he did rip this whole story off of uh, Bram Stoker, so you would think that the name would be Lucia, which is similar to Lucy, who was the girl that was turned into a vampire by Dracula. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going with uh, Lucia. So she said that she felt like someone was suffocating her at night. She started sleepwalking and had two small punctures on her neck. During one of Lucia's sleepwalking episodes, her sister Anne contacted Sean. He said that the two followed Louisa, Lucia, whatever. She got into Highgate Cemetery through a broken railing on the west side of the cemetery and walked to the columbarium. She stopped and tore the crucifix from her neck Sean described hearing a booming sound before Lucia collapsed. He and Anne carried her home. He said Lucia couldn't remember anything that happened. In February of 1970, David Ferrant wrote a letter to a local newspaper, the Hampstead and Highgate Express, also known as the Ham and High. Ham and High? A number of people responded, saying that they had glimpsed apparitions in Highgate Cemetery and Swains Lane. These phantoms, though, were a variety of descriptions, including a tall man wearing a hat, a ghostly cyclist, a lady dressed in white, a face grimacing through the bars of a gate, a person wading into a pond, and a pale gliding entity. There were also reports of the sounds of bells and voices calling. There was little coherence in the types of specters people claimed to have seen. Sean Manchester was intrigued by what he read, and he would soon make public his ideas about what the apparition in the graveyard might be. No shit, you don't say. I mean, with all these trappings of a classic... Vampire story. What might that creature be? I have no idea. But let's tell you about it. While David Ferrant believed that Highgate Cemetery was home to a supernatural entity, he didn't believe it. It was an actual blood-sucking vampire. It's a vampire! Sean Manchester had little doubt that a genuine Dracula was stalking suburban North London. John Manchester contacted the Hammond High, and on the 27th of February in 1970, the newspaper published an interview entitled, Does a Vampire Walk in Highgate?, in which Sean outlined a theory to explain the monster's presence. All I can think of is that scene, and I'm going to be super fucking dumb with this. Is that scene from the Squidbillies when uh, Rusty's like laying all the eggs and uh, it turns out to be like a Dracula squid? Oh my God. And the sheriff's like, it's a Dracula. Call the National Guard. Call in the Blackhawks. <laughs> just a 
bunch of Dracula squids killing everybody in the town. I've never seen that ever in my life. You've never seen the squid billies? I'm going to play that scene for you after we're done with this episode. You need to see it. It's, it's a fucking thing. great. The squid billies is a thing. Interesting. It's the epitome of... It's top-notch. Redneck nonsense. Yeah. It's top-notch. Can't wait. Jean alleged that a, quote, king vampire of the undead was buried in the graveyard. A king vampire. A king vampire. All the way from La... Uh, where where the fuck is that, that place? Mm. Uh, Wallachia? Yeah. Fucking where Dracula's from? I thought it was from Transylvania. That's, it's the same thing. Oh. It's the same thing. This vampire, who in life had been an aristocrat, aristocrat, aristocrat. We've been talking too much about cats lately. <laughs> I also love that movie. <laughs> the aristocrats. The aristocrats. Yes. Yeah. And so he had been an aristocrat and practitioner of black magic in medieval Romania had been transported to England in a coffin by his followers in the early 18th century. The vampire had been interred on the site that would later become Highgate Cemetery, and his followers had also purchased a house for him in London's fashionable West End. And Manchester called these followers and disciples of the vampires vampanoids, which I find just fucking hilarious. Uh, if I rolled my eyes any harder, my contacts would fall out. They would get stuck. Yeah, he, he was all about hunting the vampanoids. It's ridiculous. Sean Manchester says the reason for the Highgate vampire appearance was that rituals recently carried out by Satanists in the cemetery had reawakened this evil presence. Now, this part was true. There was a bunch of weird occult shit happening in Highgate Cemetery at this time. Partially on part of David Ferrant, but we'll get to that later. It is true that in the late 1960s and early 1970s saw a revival of interest in all aspects of mysticism and the occult, including paganism, Eastern mysticism, Satanism, witchcraft, and the teachings of Aleister Crowley as well as the emergence of a number of less conventional Christian sects. It's clear that an overgrown and secluded place like Highgate Cemetery could offer those engaged in the more outlandish aspects of this resurgence a suitably atmospheric space to carry out their ceremonies. Like Sean Manchester, David Ferrant felt such activities might have woken a long dormant presence. David said that in Highgate Cemetery, he often found the discarded remains of Satanist rituals. Yeah, there was a lot of, uh, I can't remember who called him this. I think it was Manchester called him Diabolist. Which I'm already over him. It's the Diabolist. But uh, that, that's a pretty fucking sweet name. I like that way better than Satanist. Diabolist. Yeah, Diabolist. Oh my god. It's the Diabolist. 
So the remains of these satanic rituals would be stubs of black candles, satanic markings on the floor of tombs. In one small chapel-like tomb with a marble floor and stained glass windows, an inverted pentagram had been drawn on the floor. That says so much. Does that sound familiar? Yeah, Christian. Inverted does nothing. Christian's got her chalk ready. She's getting ready to... Her and David Ferrant. David? Okay. I'm not even... I'm going to wait to the end of the episode because somebody... Yeah, we're going to ask opinions at the end of the episode. I have opinions. The Hampstead and Highgate Express continued to follow the vampire story, re-interviewing David and Sean several times over the next months. In an article published on the 6th of March, 1970, David said he'd found dead foxes in the cemetery, but couldn't work out how they died, although he thought a vampire might have been responsible. Sean claimed that he'd also seen foxes and suggested the vampire may have been using them as a food source. Yeah, Ferrant believed that they were being used as sacrifices for satanic rituals. I believe that. Yeah. Um, Manchester went full-blown, like, um, what, <sighs> Lestat from fucking Interview with a Vampire where he's fucking feeding on rats in the swamp to, like, regain himself. Lestat was the one who was not. It was Louis. Louis was the good one. No, Lestat Louis, was the bastard. Yeah, Louis was the one who was using or eating vamp, or eating rats. No, no, it was Lestat. No, Lestat was the nice one. No, not Lestat the nice was one. Tom Cruise, goddammit. No, he wasn't. Yes, he was. No, he was not. Louis, I will, Louis was Tom okay. Cruise. Okay, okay. I'm going to argue with you with this, with you. <laughs> Do I need to be the tiebreaker? Yeah. Uh, Lestat, Sam, please fact check this. Lestat, Lestat was not the one eating Tom the fucking Cruise. rats. Yes, he was. No, he was yes, not he was. eating the goddamn yes, rats. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. No, he wasn't. I it am was right Brad on this. Pitt. It was Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt was Louis. Lestat was Tom okay, Cruise. Yes, that you were correct on. But Louis was the one who was eating no, the fucking No, he was rats. not. Yes, he was. Inter- interview with uh, I will argue this shit with you. I'm I'm taking this one to court. Okay. Sam's court is in session. This could be grounds for divorce. I don't know. <laughs> I, so Brad Pitt was Louis and mm-hmm. Tom Cruise yep. was Lestat. Lestat okay. was the one that Louis set on fire. And but then, who was the one who ate the rats? It was Lestat. He was in it a was fucking Louis. swamp house. No, it was not. It was Louis. There is a scene where Tom Cruise is sucking rats. There's also rats. a scene where Louis is the initial one eating the rats. Okay, but that that's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about the scene where Lestat's like all fucked up and like blistered and shit. Sucking no, on was, swamp no, he rats. Was, yeah, he was also he eating, was eating like nutrients and shit. and shit. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Oh. Looks like Louie was the one eating the rats. Motherfucking bullshit! But this Eat one says... My- Hold on. Interview with the vampire Lestat bites rat test. I don't know what that means. Okay, you lose. But- Are we living in a fucking Mandela effect right you now? You lose. No, 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 no. But you so this, okay, so this is a All direct right, we're gonna quote We're going to watch from- that fucking movie tonight. We're, there's, it's, this is a quote from the movie. Lestat, God, I swear you grow more like Louie each day, then you'll be eating rats. Claudia. Rats? When did you eat rats, Louie? 
I win. No, 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 no. Yes. No? Yes. I will show you what I'm talking about. I understand what you're saying, but what I'm saying is that you're wrong. Louis ate rats at first, but Lestat had to suck the blood of rats to stay Not alive. Rats. It was crocodiles and frogs when he was in the swamp. Okay. There were no rats. I might be wrong. You're wrong. I might be wrong. I know you're wrong. Fair enough. But we're not talking about fucking Oh, look at how his tone changes when he realizes that he's wrong. Classic of a man. How's your how's your uh I'm gonna get so much your, shit for this? How's your penis game going on over there? <laughs> I mean I've never masturbated an interview with a vampire, so <laughs> I've never either. Uh, apparently you have. No, I just know the facts, dude. I mean Brad Pitt is a vampire. I've watched the movie. Sam was Okay, the, Sam. You Sam need to quit looking this. at me with like that. <laughs> like right now. Because she knew. She knew she knew before she even looked at Sam, don't lie to me, but you knew before you looked it up that I was right. I was just That's why con- I offered to look it up. Yes. That's why She knew I, I was, was right. If content- I wasn't right, okay. she'd be like, All right guys, let's okay. just go on to something. So anyway else. Eric's wrong. <laughs> Eric's fucking wrong. Let's Again. just fucking know. I need a tally board very, very rarely. We do need a tally board. I do need the tally board behind me. I would say, me. though, rats were also included in they the stats diet. No, they were not. It was frogs and crocodiles. Or the, alligators, I'm sorry. The point is proven. And we have deviated <laughs> too long from the subject matter at hand, which is the Highgate vampire. So let's get back into that. Soon it was alleged the animals had been found drained of their blood with their throats ripped open. Reports of the Highgate vampire soon reached the national and even international media. Articles appeared in the national press. Television programs were made by both ITV and the BBC. And even international news agencies, Reuters, featured the case. As interest in the Highgate vampire mounted, both Sean and David said that they were tracking the being in the cemetery and each vowed to destroy it. A rivalry grew up between David Ferrant and Sean Manchester, with each belittling each other's skills as an exorcist and each stating that he would be the one to expel the specter lurking in the Highgate. On the evening of Friday the 13th, March 1970, a, Ooh, spooky day. A program aired on ITV featuring David, Sean, and others claiming to have seen the supernatural figures around Highgate. As Friday the 13th is an ominous day according to British superstition, this date is often chose to broadcast programs dealing with the occult. The program even included live outside reporting from Highgate Cemetery. Within two hours of the program being shown, hundreds of would-be vampire hunters began arriving in Highgate. This was a complete clusterfuck. This is like the the beast of Bladenborough all over again. This is literally every fucking cryptid. You could rival this could be also a cryptid story because of the reaction of the, the people of London. Yeah. They flocked to Highgate to hunt this fucking thing with makeshift weapons and they were probably liquored up from the local pub, the gatehouse. Duh. Why wouldn't you be? 
They surged over the locked gates and walls of the necropolis despite the efforts of police officers to stop them. Vampire hunters, many armed with weapons, searched frantically among the Victorian tombs. Those interviewed at the scene appeared to genuinely believe in the vampire, saying they were determined to find the monster and put an end to its diabolical actions. The mob caught no vampires that night, though. Some insisted they glimpsed the tall, dark figure. Of course they did. On that Friday the 13th, as the amateur vampire hunters swarmed over the cemetery, Sean and some companions made their way to the entrance of one particular catacomb. Sean had previously been led there by a sleepwalking girl who claimed to have been bothered by the Highgate vampire and had been exhibiting symptoms similar to Elizabeth's. Unable to open the door, the group used a rope to climb down into the catacomb through a window. Fuck no. Yeah, this is where it really like gets into that uh, Jonathan Harker Dracula bullshit. Like this has all the trappings of a hammer horror film, and I love it. I I really as much as I like love to shit on Sean Manchester for this as being like the most grandiose piece of shit I've ever I've ever heard of. Um, it's a great fucking story, man. It sells books. It really is just like a '60s version of Titan Leeds and Benjamin Franklin. Yeah, they're like, they're no, just I killed the other. vampire. I am better. I killed the vampire. They found themselves in a vault with several coffins, one of which, a sinister-looking casket made of nearly black wood, didn't seem to fit. Sean and his companions performed an exorcism with holy water and garlic and sprinkled salt around. They're just doing that to a random fucking tomb or coffin well there's one coffin too many so they thought maybe mm-hmm. maybe it was added later we don't Who know knows? we certainly don't No. a few months later on august 1st the charred decapitated remains of a woman were found near the catacomb the police suspected this mutilated corpse had been used in a black magic ritual This gruesome discovery sparked a police investigation and a resurgence in vampire sightings, with one woman claiming that she had been thrown to the ground by a tall, pallid figure cloaked in black. David was troubled by this development. Past sightings had led only to frightening encounters. This was an act of aggression. The incident seemed to prove that the creature posed a real threat. So the society agreed to conduct a psychic seance in Highgate Cemetery. Quote, if successful, a rite of exorcism could then be performed to banish the entity from the earthly pain, David later wrote. On August 17, 1970, David and another society members entered the cemetery and walked to the side of the initial sighting. They drew a large circle upon the ground, which they sealed with protective symbols, salt, and holy water. A second circle adorned with burning candles and incense was laid around where the demon was expected to appear. 
No sooner had the seance commenced than human voices were heard in the distance. It was the police. Yeah, because at this time, like, after all the fucking rioting and shit that went on Mm -hmm. at Highgate from earlier on that year, uh, the cops were on high alert for that shit. Oh, yeah. The occult paraphernalia was quickly bundled together, and David made a dash for the nearest exit. Unfortunately, he was quickly spotted and arrested. But the case against him collapsed when it came to court. Yeah, because the the British court basically confirmed that it was nothing wrong with going out there and hunting the paranormal. Right. Because there's not. Yeah. I would do it. So they went out, but he was caught with, like, the cops basically saw him drop all the shit. Right. So they're like, eh, we get, we got to fucking take you in. But once it went to trial, they just dropped the shit. Sean and his followers, meanwhile, were led to a different family vault by a female psychic helper. After forcing open the doors, they found a black coffin similar to the one they'd seen in the catacombs. He suspected it had been moved by the black magic devotees levered open the lid. Oh, shit. We're getting closer and closer to staking the beast. Yep. It was only when we discovered in the putrid chamber of that tomb in August of 1970... What we did and looked upon the horrific counterance of what was inside, Sean said, that we had absolute confirmation of what we were dealing with. A vampire! Sean wanted to drive a stake through the body, but a member of his entourage persuaded him not to, as interfering with remains was a crime in England. He basically said, Jesus Christ, Sean, this is illegal. Like, oh, well, that's good enough. I guess. uh, Right. Like foiled again. Oh, shit. This is illegal. Well, throw some garlic on it and seal the door up. Instead, the group performed a ritual that used seven crucifixes, four white candles and seven cups of holy water in a cemetery carried out by four men and a woman. To banish the spirit of evil or evil presence. He said that the cemetery officials then bricked up the vault with the crucifix and holy water left inside. David Farron and his group were also making efforts to deal with the strange presence. They decided to try to communicate with the entity and discover its purpose. In Highgate Cemetery, they conducted rituals using two circles, incense, candles, and a medium. The first time they tried this, the press interrupted them. A year later, according to David, another attempt saw the entity clasping the medium, quote, by the throat. We had to break the circle. The area turned cold. She felt she was being enveloped by blackness, and she felt something was trying to strangle her, end quote. This thing is highly dangerous. What it... Whatever it is at Highgate Cemetery is extremely fucking dangerous. Mm -hmm. And I will say, I was going to save this for the end, but the government over there did ban paranormal investigations. 
mm-hmm. since the seventies. So there's a good chance it's still fucking there. Oh yeah. Now, not if you talk to Sean Manchester, which we'll find out later, but rolling my eyes so hard. David was now convinced the entity was malignant. After hearing of incidents in which a sinister force had pushed people over in Swain's Lane, he did more research. He came up with a theory that the being wasn't a vampire at all, but an evil presence that traveled along a ley line. That's what I was talking about earlier. There's like three hubs. One is the gatehouse pub. Uh, another is the Highgate Cemetery, and it follows along. And then there's another spot, but I can't remember where it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, those three locations are where this entity travels through. Despite the ceremony that Sean Manchester and his colleagues conducted in the tomb, any relief was short-lived. Sean said, quote, strange occurrences failed to cease and more horrifying incidents ended any hope that we'd quieted the disturbance with a mere spoken exorcism right. Further vampiric outrages were to follow. About three years later, Sean Manchester claims he and his associates discovered the some ominous black casket in the cellars of an abandoned and suitably gothic mansion on the borders of Highgate and Crouch End. Sean suspected the coffin had been moved there by to avoid all the attention the media and the enthusiastic vampire hunters had focused on Highgate Cemetery. Sean's group dragged the coffin out of the basement, up the stairs, and into the grounds of the mansion. Sean said, quote, Dawn was about to break, starting to send spears of bright illumination onto the macabre spectacle below. When the lid was removed, we beheld the same thing we'd seen since in August 1970. This was now the early part of 1974. Our quarry this time looked even more exaggerated, even more distorted than I remembered it. Far worse than even the time in the Highgate Vault. Its burning fierce eyes under the many furrowed brow were staring, yellow at the edges with blood red centers unlike anything imaginable. The mouth was set in a cruel expression, the lips drawn black. I mean, this is textbook vampire, like Dracula. Yeah. Like, it's literally a fucking Nosferatu. Yeah, that's literally all I picture the entire time. Sean drove a stake into the Highgate vampire, quote, with a mighty blow, a sharpened shaft of wood impaled the creature's heart. We witnessed the body shell cave in and quickly turn filthy brown and that itself soon became a sluggish flow of inhuman slime and viscera in the bottom of the casket, end quote. What a lovely picture that painted. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, you just, you can see it, him driving the stake into its heart. And he does an interview. Um, we were watching the Discovery Plus documentary on the Highgate Vampire before this. 
in a clip from the interview, he pulls out like a three and a half foot long wooden spike called the Van Helsing. Oh my God. And and even the reporter's like, it must be hard to move around with that thing. He's like, oh no, it's very easy. I'm so over Sean Manchester. As Sean believed that, quote, cremation is recommended as the ultimate deterrent and preventative to the vampire's nightly wanderings, he and his followers then burned the coffin. So first they were companions, then associates, and now they're his followers. Well, yeah, because they were, uh, he, he was in the British Occult Society, so he took lead on the fucking case. I just think it's funny how they went from, like, companions and they're like oh they're my associates oh no they're just my followers oh my yeah followers no question freaking please. he who shall not be named i've been walking i had to watch harry potter for work. jesus so i'm now versed sort of in harry potter i've seen it now you're the resident expert no i still don't really understand a lot of what's going on but it's fine fair enough So, he and his followers then burned the coffin, what was left of the body. This took several hours, after which all that remained was a great scorch mark and some bones that needed to be ground down and cast to the four corners or four winds of the earth. Yeah, because you can't let that vampire fucking run around. It's probably just some dude with porphyria who has like an allergy to sunlight and garlic. If I was allergic to garlic, I I don't know what I'd do with myself. Same. I fucking love garlic. I love garlic. Sean's claims to have destroyed the Highgate vampire did little to end the feud between him and David. There had been even rumors that the two would meet in a magician's duel on Parliament Hill on Friday the 13th of April 1973. This is the oh funniest my God. shit. They literally like sh- David Ferrant was down, but he's like only our acolytes can can witness this. And the cops actually had to get involved and like you two fucking morons can't duel each other with so like there was talk of using swords. I challenge you to a duel. It was literally that. It was mm-hmm. like I challenging each other to a duel with magic and sword play and the cops are like you're absolutely fucking not like they told him to cut that shit out it never happened obviously in 1974 david was jailed after being convicted of interfering with remains and vandalizing memorials in highgate cemetery so apparently a corpse from Highgate ended up in the back of a Mini Cooper. Mm-hmm. And, what even happened? Uh, somebody put it there for a black magic ritual is what the, the headline said. But David had already been arrested a few times. Like one time he was when he was running from the cops, they caught him with like what they said was a stake. But it was actually like the tool he used to draw the magic circles mm-hmm. for the rituals that he was using. So there was like chalk attached to it and shit. But they basically pinned it on him. They raided his house. And when they raided his house, they found some 
damning photos of him with nude women posing with corpses and occult objects and pentagrams and shit. And he got sentenced for a few years because of that. And also his second wife left him. What? Because of this. Well, I would too. So. He was like him and nude women were posing with corpses in Highgate, apparently. Yeah, I, I would leave him too, to be honest. David asserted that the damage had been caused by Satanists rather than him, but both David's imprisonment and the rumored duel served to keep the Highgate vampire in the public mind for several years. The quarrel between David and Sean dragged on for decades, with each claiming to be an expert exorcist while dismissing the other's abilities. Both spent many years investigating paranormal phenomena and both produced books, articles, and websites and gave many interviews about the Highgate vampire. The two men and their followers frequently sparred on social media. David Ferrant died at age 73 in April of 2019 but Sean still works as an exorcist and bishop in the British Old Catholic Church. Which is total make-believe. But yeah. Now, one thing that was interesting about that documentary we watched on Discovery Plus is the footage from the YouTube uh, paranormal investigators that found something at Highgate. Oh yeah, that, that video. Yeah. Uh where the guy clearly says show yourself, show yourself if you're there. And then there's a blur on the fucking camera. That's like they have to slow it down to like 0.25% of mm-hmm. the speed. And there's it's a thing. wild. There's a thing. It's solid evidence. It's very of, hard to argue that. It's an entity at Highgate. Now, I personally believe that with David Ferrant, that this is a paranormal entity. I I agree. It's not a vampire. It's not a blood sucking vampire. It is a poltergeist esque entity that's probably been there for hundreds of years. Uh, I'm, I'm with you until that point. And it moves along the energy points through the ley lines are something that modern science doesn't recognize, but they're fucking real. Like if you look at certain ley lines through the world, like I, I know through Europe, there's a whole ley line of towns that are named after stars. Mm -hmm. Like I I saw this on ancient aliens, which I know I'm going to catch some shit. Because I watch Ancient Aliens. My mom does too, so it's fine. It's fucking great. But there's a whole bunch of people that are like, that shows a bunch of bullshit. Still, you can learn a lot from it. Mm-hmm. I love history. That's that's kind of my thing. I get I get my... You get your rocks off? I get my rocks off to some history episodes, so that's, that's kind of my bread and butter. 
But yeah, I, I totally agree with David Ferrant in this. And unfortunately, this this story consumed David Ferrant's life. Uh, it, it ruined him. It ruined him as a human being, as a man. And Sean Manchester had no repercussions on any of this. Mm-hmm. He literally says in his book in 1985 that he staked a fucking corpse. And served no jail time. Insane. Uh, they speculated David Ferrant put that, like, tampered with a corpse, and he went to prison for it. But also, that might be partially his fault because he fired his lawyer during that trial. Why am I not surprised? He fired his barrister and represented himself. So that also could be part of the problem there. But he he served his time in prison. And came out and published his book Beyond the Highgate Vampire is kind of a spit in the face to Sean Manchester. It was a good one. Good shot. So what do you ladies think of the Highgate Vampire? I do not think it's a vampire. What do you think it is, Sam? I don't know. I don't know is actually a really good Well tell answer. that to the dead foxes. I, I mean, I think it's something. I think those foxes were a byproduct of the satanic rituals being performed there. That's where I'm at. I think it's an interdimensional being that we brought here. I think it's a spooky boy. It is a very spooky boy. I'm going to say it's probably a ghost or, or evil D-word. spirit. I, don't know. I, I wouldn't like, say it's a I demon. Like, I'm not going to say it's a demon. I don't think it's a demon. I think it's something that we brought here from another dimension that is like not happy about being here. Clearly in the way that it's acting. It how, could, I mean, it's it's almost like a caged animal. Yeah. Like lashing That's out. That's why I'm saying it's an interdimensional being. Could I be. feel like, I mean, uh, satanic rituals, if you look at like how, like... You guys go do your own research, but satanic rituals, they are calling into something that is not in our dimension. But Most remember, of the time. Highgate's also been around since eighteen the 1800s. I know, but what I'm saying is... And is this entity's supposedly been there since then. I It may... But then they can manifest things. And things can join up. So let's, let me just take you on a journey. Come strap in like okay. Sam does. Let's say that this was a ghost of some sort that was just haunting along. Life is good. Scare some people. Life is great. And then you got these Satanists or Diabolist. Diabolists that come in and bring a much more prominent, stronger entity that is going to take on that form and probably absorb the less prominent form and then just kind of just, it's not happy. It's here. It's fucking here. It's not happy about being there. So that's why anytime somebody comes into its realm, it's kind of like not cool with it. I, I feel like that that was something that was like taken over. There's lots of like history of like. But how do you explain the bite marks on the necks of the girls? Those are just like. Just something that happened. I don't know. I never saw pictures of Sean Manchester. Fuck him. He's a fucking dickhead. 
He is an absolute fucking nonsense. I would take Sean Manchester's story with a massive salt lamp sized grain of salt. He's yeah. an idiot. He's full of shit. I think he's an idiot. And not to take a damn, no damn vampire. And I don't care if he comes for me because I will he absolutely her- wreck his fucking shit up. Bring it. I'll snatch your soul. I, look, Jeez I've got backup Christ, over here. Sam. I, Sam knows. Like, this motherfucker is a fucking... I'm, you can come for me, dude. I have a lot of things that are not nice to say. Challenge ex- Challenge thrown down by Christian Whitener. I'm not. I'm not nice. Yeah. All right, ladies. Well, tell us how you really feel about Sean. Um, well, that's the story of the Highgate Vampire. Thank you for listening to Creeps in the Crypt, as always. Uh, and until next Friday, stay spooky and stay creepy. You guys, you gonna say bye? Bye. I thought, yeah, not. See, it was like, all I need is Christian to just do the thing. Just say do bye. The, was it yeah. time to say bye? Yeah. I mean, you know what? Fuck it. We'll drop some socials real quick. Follow us on Instagram. Uh, make sure you rate and review the podcast. Um, Aaron lo- is Shadow Band. Right I'm now. Shadow Band on Facebook because of a transgression from a earlier show that we did, apparently. Uh, I don't know. They're, they're, Facebook's. Way to pull out your Sean Man- Sean Manchester. That's yeah, funny. I slayed uh, a a vampire on Facebook, and now Mark Zuckerberg's banning me. <laughs> so that that's where I'm at with it. I feel like David Ferrant. I've been in prison oh, for like no, three years. Yeah, <laughs> wrongfully persecuted. But uh, yeah, make sure you rate and review the show, and check out our merch. We have a merch link yes! if you like shirts. Of course they like shirts. If you like magnets. If you like stuff with our spooky logo face on it. Uh, check it out on T Republic. Uh, the link's at the top of our beacon. Linked in our Twitter and Instagram. And Facebook. And TikTok. And TikTok. So click on that. Sam's, I guess, going to start doing some more TikToks. I don't know. Yeah, I'm trying to batch them all so I can just schedule them. Well... Let's get let's get to that so we can get these people some content and fun and fun Just and fun some some chewable content some spooky fun yes and we appreciate you guys so much and we thank you for your reviews they mean a lot to us and yes please let us know we we've kind of got some kind of schedule what this is a thing we have a schedule kind of planned out we've got next year up to next fall pretty much done but if there's something that you want us to do we will boot a motherfucker yeah well well, we have room to add stuff um especially for the first half of spooky season yes so please it's gonna be a fun year please listen there's something that you want us to hear and sam has something special planned for this winter i don't want to give anything away right now but it's gonna be uh it's going to be chilly up in this motherfucker. It's going to be Let's cold. It's pretty way. on brand for me. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so she's very excited about that. And once again, stay spooky. Stay creepy. Bye. <laughs>